Now we move into the second chapter of 2 Peter. Tonight our verses are found in chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Tonight our message is entitled, Beware False Teachers. Beware False Teachers. I'm going to ask if you would, if you'd stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's Word. 2 Peter chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. God's Word says this, But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will also be false teachers among you, who will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing swift destruction upon themselves. Many will follow their sensuality, and because of them, the way of the truth will be maligned. And because of them, the way of truth will be maligned. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father, we come tonight. We're thankful for this night. We're thankful for the fellowship of the church. We're thankful for the food that we ate. We're thankful that we can come and celebrate a risen Savior tonight, a hope that endures tonight. Lord, I pray for these that have endeavored to come. I pray that in the hearing of your word now that they are reminded of the peace that we have in Jesus Hearing the truth, I pray that they're reminded of the Savior that we have in Jesus. Lord, I pray that you are glorified in this hour. I pray now as we begin to study your word, I pray it will be a supernatural event. I pray, Lord, that you would speak. It will be your voice that we would hear. And I pray that it would bear a great impact tonight. I pray the church would be built up tonight. The church would be strengthened tonight. That we as believers would be encouraged tonight. And I pray all the glory of that would go to our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for somebody that does not know you. and Maybe they're in this room. Maybe they're hearing here. Maybe in some other way they're hearing. But I pray that tonight, Lord, this very night, that all the hindrances will be removed and that tonight they would hear the gospel of a risen Savior, Jesus. And tonight they would turn to you and be saved. Lord, again, we praise you and we thank you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And whatever he does, he prospers. In the word of God, we are directed. In the word of God, we are corrected. If need be, we find correction in the word of God. In the word of God, it tells us we are comforted. In the word of God, we are blessed. In the word of God, if we walk in obedience, we prosper. In the word of God, we have and we hear the gospel of our salvation. Praise the Lord for that. In the word of God, we have the revelation of God. Listen, that's, that's how we know who God is. He reveals himself to us in his word. In the word of God, the Bible says we are sanctified. We're made different from the world. In the word of God, we gain God's perfect wisdom. The Bible says it's more valuable than silver or gold or precious jewels. In the word of God, we have and we know the truth. John chapter 17 says, thy word is truth. Friends, listen to me tonight. What a blessing it is to have the word of God. 
I don't know that we understand how huge that is. What a blessing it is to have the Word of God. Really unspeakably huge it is for us to have the Word of God. And Satan can't stand it. I want to tell you tonight, he cannot stand it. He cannot stand for us to be directed by God. He cannot stand for us even to be corrected by God. He can't stand for us to find comfort in God. He can't stand for us to grow in the wisdom of God, to know the truth of God. He hates for us to know God. He cannot stand the word of God. He can't stand the gospel of Jesus Christ. He can't stand the truth by which we're saved. He hates the word of God. Listen to me tonight. Satan hates the word of God. He hates that we possess, that we have the word of God. And so tonight, his mission is to rob it away from us. You want to know what Satan's up to in these days? His mission is to rob away from us, to carry away from us the very word of God. Now, he does that in several ways. One of the ways that he does that is to lure us into believing we know enough of it. And we go through life, you know what, I've put my faith in Christ and I'm content to know what I know of the word of God. And one of the ways he does is to lure us to think we know enough of it. Another way that he does it, he lures us to be too busy for it. Oh, I've got so much going on and I would like to do that, but I, I can't get there. I, I can't invest the time. And so he lures us to believe we're too busy for the word of God. Can you imagine that? Too busy for the word of God. One of the ways he takes it from us is to get us to not trust it, to not value it for what it is, that it is the truth in all matters. Listen, in all matters, we have God's truth. This is where we turn. And he robs away our confidence in it. The fact tonight is there are many ways he tries to rob the word of God away from us. But I want you to listen very carefully tonight. The main way is this. The main way is to so distort it, to so twist it, to so change it that it no longer stands as the truth of God. And the way he does that is through false teachers. His main way of robbing it from us is to distort it, twist it, change it. And the main way that he does that is through false teachers. Now, friends, I want you to be sure there were false teachers in the Old Testament. All the way through, we read of them. There were false teachers in the time of Jesus. He, he spoke about them. There were false teachers in the days of the early church. Peter's talking about it. But I want to tell you tonight, I believe we are living in the age of the false teacher. I believe the age we're living in with the, the internet and the things we have, the way that we can communicate so easily, I believe we are living in the age of the false teacher. And I believe they have made their way into our pulpits. I believe they've made their way into our churches. And I believe they are heralded and accepted and even celebrated in our day. I believe right now folks are celebrating false teachers. And it is causing much damage in the church. It is causing much damage in the church. Well, tonight... Peter has told us about the truth. That's where we ended up last night. He's told us about the word of God. He's told us about the truth from God. Well, tonight he turns and he addresses the issue at hand. He now talks about false 
teachers, false teachers. All right, let's go. Let's start in verse 1 tonight. But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will also be false teachers among you who will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing swift destruction upon themselves. Verse 1 starts off with the word but. But we have the reliable word of God. We have the dependable truth of God. We have the supernatural speech of God. But Satan has something else for us. We have the truth of God's word. Satan has something else for us. The verse says, false prophets also arose among the people. Now, what he's doing here, Peter is reminding them of the past that they knew. In the Old Testament, God sent his prophets. He sent his prophets to declare his word. But Satan counters that by sending false prophets. That's the reality in the Old Testament. They knew that. That was their history. Now, back in the day of the Old Testament, God warned them of those that he did not send, those that did not speak his word. He warned them of the false prophets. Now, I want to to say this. In fact, God called them not only to be aware of them, but to purge them from their midst. And I can go, there's some verses in Ezekiel, there's some verses in the the book of Deuteronomy, when it says, when you find somebody and they speak a message from God and it does not come to pass, it says, purge them from your midst. It says this, stone them. Stone them. It is that serious to God. It is that serious to God. So Peter reminds them of the past. False prophets also arose among the people. Then he says, just as there will be false teachers among you. Now here's the warning that we're going to have in this second chapter. Just like they existed then, they're going to exist now in your midst. We are a truth-driven people. We are a truth-centered people. We are a truth-saved people. So just like that, just like in the days of old in the Old Testament, there will be false teachers among you. False teacher, very simply, means this. One who teaches falsely. That makes a lot of sense. One that teaches untruth. What they are teaching is not God's word. Now, I want you to be clear tonight. Any teaching that is not God's word, any teaching that is not what God has said is not truth. It cannot be truth. Thy word is truth is what the New Testament says. And so any teaching that's not the word of God is not the truth. Now, I want you to notice a word here. It's very important. It's very telling. It's also a warning in this word. It is the word among you, among you. Just like they were in those days, they will also be with you. They will be among you. It means in your midst. Now, I want you to see this. There's a distinction here. There are other religions, false religions, not true religions. Now, I could give you a list of them. Uh, Islam, false religion. Hinduism, false religion. New Age beliefs, false religion. Taoism, false religion. There are other religions, false religions, 
And they are not saying what God has said. They have a different idea of the truth, a false truth. Now listen, that is dangerous. They are dangerous. That is a serious threat. But listen, that's not these. That's not the ones we're talking about here. These are ones that are among us. They are in the midst of us. They are with us. And, and they try and look like they hold biblical truth. They try and mimic biblical truth. They try and sound like biblical truth. They try to use our words. They don't understand our truth. They are not biblically true. Peter explains it like this. Who will secretly introduce destructive heresies? Here they are, just like they were in the days of old. They are in the midst of you. They are among you. Here's what they do. They will secretly introduce destructive heresies. They secretly introduce. That is actually one word in the original language. That's one word in Greek. Listen, here's what it means. It means this, stealthily introduce. That's what it means, stealthily introduce. The most literal translation is to bring in secrets from close beside. Now, do you see the depth of that? They're not somewhere else. They're close beside you, and they bring in secrets. Do you see the danger of that? They look like you. More than that, they look like they are sent from God, that they're serving God, but they are slyly putting in mistruths. They're slyly changing the truth. They're secretly introducing, here's what it says, destructive heresies. Destructive, now this is also a very telling word. It means this, destructive leads to ruin. If something is destructive, it leads to to run. It brings to destruction. Now listen, it may just be this one change. It may just be this one mistruth. And it may not be that big of a deal. But listen, here's what it says. It brings you to utter ruin. It is for your destruction. It ends in your utter ruin. The word heresy, a destructive heresy, it translates a self-chosen opinion, a self-chosen opinion. It is a leaving of the truth for a self-chosen opinion. Now, I want you to think about that for just a second. There is the truth. There is the truth that saves. There is the truth that stands. There is the truth, and everything else is a self-chosen opinion. You see that? There's the truth, and that's the truth. And everything that's not the truth then is a self-chosen opinion. It's not the truth of God. It's not the Word of God. Get this tonight. As believers, we should be highly offended by anything that's not the Word of God. We start to say, well, we'll compromise a little bit. Well, it's pretty good. Well, they got to understand that one thing doesn't line up. Listen, we ought to be highly offended by anything that's not the Word of God. We ought to have no room, we ought to have no time for anything that's not the Word of God. Oh, it's not the Word of God? Sorry, don't have any time for that. These folks 
They come along beside you. They come up in the midst of you, and they slyly, stealthily teach their self-chosen opinions, leading you to utter ruin. That's what it looks like. That's what they do. Now, we're about to have an entire chapter, this whole second chapter, on how to recognize false teachers. And that's, that's an added bonus for us. That's a good thing we need to know. We're about to have a whole discourse on it. But I want to start off tonight, and I want us to be sure of this. Listen very carefully. All false teachers. Now, here's what we see here. All false teachers, they appear to love, and yet they're motivated by hate. What that means is they appear to love, and they, they act like they love, and they act like they love the Word of God. Listen, but they're motivated by hate. They hate God, they hate the Word of God, and they're trying to destroy the people of God. They are motivated by hate. Oh, but they look kind. Oh, but they appear to be loving. Second thing we see is this. All false teachers, they appear to follow Jesus. Now, this is the tricky part. They know all the words. They even use some of the verses, yet they are opposed to Jesus. They appear, oh, listen, they, they're the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. They, they appear to love Jesus, but they are opposed to Jesus. Now, we're going to see more on that in a second. Third thing is this, all false teachers, they appear to be agents of the truth, and yet, now I'm not going to pull any punches right here, they appear to be agents of the truth. Oh, they know the truth, they talk the truth, they're preaching the truth, that's what it appears, here's what I'm going to tell you, and yet they are tools of Satan. Wow, that's tough. They're tools, they're agents of Satan. Listen, friends, be sure tonight, this is his work. He distorts the truth. He changes the truth. He hides the truth. And so if they are a false teacher, they're part of his work. They're tools of Satan. Verse goes on and says this. Even denying the master who bought them, bringing swift destruction upon themselves. Now listen to that, it's very interesting. Even denying the master who bought them, bringing swift destruction upon themselves. See this tonight. The truth, we know this, is Jesus. I'm the way, the truth. Jesus is the truth. And so when you teach non-truth, when you change the truth, you're denying Jesus. That's, how, that's as simple as it gets. When you're teaching non-truth, when you're denying, changing the truth, you're denying Jesus. Now, that's how big this is. That's how important this is. When you're denying the truth of the Word of God, you are denying Jesus Christ. It says this, the master who bought them. They're denying even the master who bought them? Now, what does this mean? I looked it up, and I went word by word, and I got the best understanding. The master who bought them translates the master who bought them. That's pretty easy. I can understand that. That's my kind of translation. The master who bought them is the master who bought them. Let me explain this to you. 
God paid for the sins of all people in the cross of Calvary. Jesus, through his own blood, paid the price of redemption on the cross of Calvary for all people. And so I want you to understand, this is even worse. They are denying their Redeemer. They are denying their Savior. And when they deny the Savior, when they deny their Redeemer, they're doing it by denying the truth of Jesus Christ. When you deny the truth of Jesus Christ, what happens? You bring swift destruction upon yourself. Jesus bought them. That's what it says. The master who bought them. The master that bought them. I'm going I'm to take a left turn here for just a second. I'm going to kind of square this up. There are some folks that say, that teach, Jesus didn't die for these folks. And they teach Jesus didn't die for everybody. He, he died for a certain set. I preached seven sermons on that once. Listen to me tonight. If these are people that God didn't want, and there are people that God didn't choose, and so these are people that he didn't make atonement for, he didn't purchase them, and they don't know the truth because God didn't open up their eyes that they would know the truth, that's what they're going to teach, then listen to me. They're just people doing all they can do. He didn't want them. He didn't open their eyes. He didn't reveal the truth to them. He didn't make atonement for them. And so when we come and find these people, they're just doing what's natural to them. They're doing what God has enabled them to do, not see the truth, but see the non-truth. That's not it. I want you to hear this. Here's what the Word of God says. Jesus bought them. And I want to tell you the good news of that, the great part of that is this. Jesus dies. You want to know how gracious he is? You want to know how loving he is? He dies in great grace even for those that would reject him, even for those that would deny him. Now that's grace. That's just a side note. Let's go to verse 2. Many will follow their sensuality. And because of them, the way of the truth will be maligned. Many will follow their sensuality, and because of them, the way of truth will be maligned. It says many, now don't miss that, many, not a few, not some, many will follow. The word follow means go after them. They will go after them. They will get in with them. It says because of their sensuality. Sensuality is a word that translates wantonness, lewdness, or desires of the flesh. Now what this means is many will follow them, these false teachers, because they are promised what it is that they desire. They are promised what they unrighteously crave. That's what they want. It's a gospel of, of the self. Paul said the same thing. He says, in the last days, people will assemble for themselves preachers who will approve and preach what it is they want to hear. Because of that, it says, many will follow them. It goes on and it says, and because of them, the responsibility is resting on them. Because of them, because of their false teaching, the way of truth will be maligned. Because of their false teaching, the way of the truth will be maligned. The word maligned means slandered, blasphemed, refused. 
The way of the truth will be slandered, lied about, destroyed, blasphemed, refused. Why does it matter? Why does it matter? What's the big deal? Why worry about it? Let me make this relevant tonight. Tonight we live in a day when the cry of our day is tolerance. And that's what we're teaching our kids. That's what we're saying in our culture. The cry of the day today is acceptance. And that shows up in political correctness. And the virtue of the day, the, 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 the beloved virtue of the day is to not offend anybody. The greatest thing you could ever do is not offend anyone, not call anyone out, but to compromise with everybody. That's what's called love today. If you love somebody, you won't offend them. If you love somebody, you won't correct them. And the unity is in that. It is called tolerance. And Satan has taken that and he's run it smack dab into the church. And people come along today and they say, it's not a big thing. Well, they teach this, but it's not a big thing. Well, they teach this. I don't think it adds up with the Bible. It's not a big thing. People say, unity is more important. I've had folks tell me that. Unity is more important than the truth. People come along and say, you know what? It's better for people to get along. The best thing we can do is get along. Folks come along and say, it's close. We have to agree to disagree. It's close. And after all, close enough is good enough. And I want to tell you right now, in our day, Satan has taken that and he's running into the church and nobody will stand up for what the Bible says and nobody wants to risk offending anybody. And I want to tell you, that is why false teachers are flourishing today. Folks, listen to me. The Bible says there is a way that seems right to man. But in its end is death. The Bible says God's word is truth. And so I want you to hear me tonight as Christ's followers saved in the truth of a risen Savior. As Christ's followers, we must stand for the truth. We must stand for the truth. Why does it matter? Why does it matter? Peter says it maligns the way of truth. Get this. We're almost done. Get this. All false teaching, this is how I want to close. All false teaching, what if it comes from people we like? I, I like to hear them. I like them. What if it comes from people we like? All false teaching, what if it's popular? What if it's all the rage? What if everybody's talking about it? All false teaching, what if it's the latest book and everybody loves the latest book? All false teaching. Number one does this, leads away from Jesus Christ. You want to know why it's a big deal? It's because all false teaching leads away from Jesus Christ. That's Satan's goal. Second thing is this, all false teaching seeks to replace Jesus Christ. Now, it could replace him with a whole lot of different things, but if you look at it, pick your false teaching. When you look at the false teaching, all false teaching. Oh, but it's a nice book. Oh, I've got her other two. All false teaching seeks to replace Jesus Christ. All false teaching seeks to diminish Jesus Christ. He's less of a Savior. You know, we need something else. We, we, we've got to add some knowledge or some special thing. All false teaching seeks to diminish Jesus Christ. 
Last one is this. All false teaching has at its goal for people to miss Jesus Christ. Do you know that's what Satan wants? It has as its goal for people to miss Jesus Christ. Friends, here's how we end tonight. We can have no room for false teachers. We can't placate them. We can't accept them. We can have no room for their false teachings. That means we're going to have to know the Word of God to the extent that we can recognize their false teaching. We can have no room for false teachers and their false teaching. But I want to tell you, I want to tell you the good news is this. Sometimes I preach these messages and think, man, that sounds hard. I want to end with good news. Let me tell you the good news tonight. The good news tonight is this. But our God makes his truth plain. Our God's not playing a shell game. Our God's not playing some guessing game. Our God makes the truth plain. In fact, he makes it knowable in his word. He sends preachers to preach it. He has the gospels to announce it. He has the good news where we can receive it. Let me tell you this. God wants you. God loves you. He's not hiding something from you. He sent his only begotten son to die to pay the cost for your sin. It is finished in Jesus right now. And I want to tell you the good news is it is knowable. He was put in a grave. It was paid in him. It's knowable. And three days later, he walks out of the grave and he stands as the risen Savior, the Lamb of God. And it's knowable. If you'll trust him, he'll save you tonight. No games. No games. The good news is this, God makes the truth plain. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, I, Lord, I just say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord that you're kind and patient, desiring that none should perish, that you're loving, that you're gracious, that you don't change the definitions of the, of the word, that you so love the world that you send your only begotten Son, paying the price for sin, making a way for sinners. If we would yet believe in you, trust in faith, in the grace of God, you'll save us. Lord, in the power of God, you'll save us. I thank you for that truth. Lord, I pray we'd be loud about that. I pray we'd be uncompromising about that. Lord, I pray until you come again, there'll be a people that will stand upon that truth. Lord, I pray for somebody here, somebody listening tonight that doesn't know that truth that doesn't know the truth, Jesus. I pray this very night that they would turn to you. They would trust you. They would see you and know you, and in your grace, they'd be saved by you. And I pray, Lord, it'd be for your glory, for your name's sake. I pray, Lord, that anything that, that, that would hinder that, stop that, would be removed tonight. And I pray, Lord, that tonight would be a night. This day would be a day of salvation. Lord, we ask that you move. We ask as we hear these words that once again tonight we've been stirred up as you've intended. Once again tonight we've been encouraged to stand as you've intended. And I pray, Lord, if we're here and we've trusted you that we would leave here with a renewed boldness to stand upon the truth of God's word. Lord, we ask in this time of invitation that you would move, that you would work. I believe you've spoken. We turn it over to you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. We're going to close tonight with a time of response, a time of invitation. And I, I say it every night. I'm going to say it, I guess, until I'm done. This is the most important time of this service. We have the Word of God, and it speaks to us, telling us of Jesus. We have the Word of God that tells us of a hope settled in Jesus. And so tonight, again, 
it calls for a time of response, a response on each of our part. If you've never trusted Jesus, your call is this, trust him or don't. Turn to him or don't. If you turn to him, the Bible says this, he'll save you tonight. In his grace, in his power, he'll save you tonight. There's a call, there's a choice to make tonight. For those that are saved, those that are believers, there's a call for you tonight as well, and that's walk with him, trust him, turn to him, uphold his word, stand on his word, walk with him. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation. We're going to stand and sing. If God has spoken to you, if he's speaking to you, if you need more information, I'll meet you here at the front. You come on, I'll, I'll meet you here. <laughs>